Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So I'm excited about 2017. And we wanted to start our year off with a sermon series called We Celebrate This. It's going to be four weeks long. And in these four weeks, we want to put some large stones in place saying these are the things that are important to us, that we celebrate, that we are looking for and looking forward to and happy about in our church and in our family lives. Now, these may not be the same for you, but I just want to put it out there that I think these are good things, four weeks of good things that we should start the year off saying these are important to us. How many of us know that if we don't set our own agenda and say this is what's important to us, someone else will set our agenda for us? Isn't that true? Someone else will tell you this is what is really important, and before you know it, you've been corralled into somebody else's agenda, and you get to the end of the year and you say, what did I do with that year? I did what somebody else wanted me to do. And we want to say, no, no, Let's make our own minds up, informed by God and His Word and His Holy Spirit, and say, Lord, what do you want us to celebrate and value? And we're going to put these things in place in our lives and in our church for this year. I just want to say that celebrating is something that the church is not known for, but we should be. If anyone on planet Earth has reason to be happy and to celebrate, it should be us Christians. We're connected with the king of the universe. We've got his spirit and his power in us. We're more than conquerors. He's made a plan for us. He's forgiven us all of our past sins. And he's saying, look at what I've got ahead for you. We should be able to celebrate. And so we want to start the year celebrating. Unfortunately, the church is not well known for celebrating. Would you agree? Many people go to church and there's a guy dressed in clothes that look about 400 years old, and the building is about 300 years old, and we're singing songs that are 400 years old, and we're very quiet and reserved, and we keep our eyes down, and we don't make eye contact with anyone else, and we don't celebrate, and I wonder what's going to happen to all those people when they get to heaven, and there's a loud, shouting, joyful throng from every tribe, nation, and tongue dancing and celebrating before the Lord, I think a lot of people are going to say, whoa, I didn't know this was what heaven was going to be like. We should be celebrating. Amen? The word is celebrate, not celibate, as some Christian people believe. It's celebrate. We're happy people. Amen? So we want, to be, we want to be happy. Also, the other thing is positivity. You know, you can try. I don't know if you've ever tried to say, I'm not going to do this thing. Many of us at the beginning of the year, we say, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to watch so much TV. I'm not going to do this, this, and this. And we focus on the thing we're not going to do. And the Bible says, because sin is empowered by our flesh, the more we focus on the thing we're not going to do, the more we do it or want to do it. Isn't that true? But Romans 8 then says, after Romans 7, where he says, I keep doing the thing I don't want to do. It says, now we focus on the spirit, the mindset on the spirit, on the good things we want to celebrate. It says, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from that law of sin and death. When I focus on the good things I want to do and want to celebrate, rather than focusing on the bad things I want to avoid, 
So instead of just saying, I won't, I won't, I won't, we look and we bring in, Lord, these are the things I want to celebrate. It says, that sets me free. If those are the things that God wants me to do, the law of the spirit of life, when I set my mind on the spirit and what he wants and I celebrate and I rejoice in him, I find I'm automatically not doing those other things. So just if you've tried to start this year by saying, I won't, I won't, I won't, can I suggest come to every sermon in the next four weeks, look at what we're going to celebrate and say, fill your mind with what we're going to focus on, the positive things that we're going to celebrate and enjoy, and you'll find that those bad things will just disappear. Amen. Isn't that good stuff? So I'm also hoping that we become a little bit more of a celebratory church. Is that all right, guys? A little bit more whoop, whoop, happy, happy, bright colors, funny hairstyles, dancing in the worship, smiling when we greet each other, all that kind of stuff. Lots of food, lots of happiness. Awesome. Right. Number one, the first thing that we celebrate, the first thing that is important to us, the first thing that we're going to start this year off talking about is relationships, but especially Christian relationships. Can I just say to you, there's a verse uh, where Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, let me read you this verse and then I'll explain it. He said, assuredly I say to you, Mark chapter 10 verse 29, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Jesus said, if you've left all these different things, houses and lands, but also relationships, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, all these different relationships, for the gospel's sake, he said, in this life, you'll receive a hundredfold as many. What is he talking about? Is he saying that we should leave our wives and that we should have a hundred other wives? Is he saying I can get a hundred mothers and fathers? How is that possible? It became clear to me recently. You know, I, through whatever circumstances, I'm the only one left in my family. Everyone else in my family has died apart from my immediate family. And I thought about it the other day. I have more brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers on planet Earth than most people have because of the body of Christ. I have, I can go to South Africa and my dear friends, Charles and Rihanna, who are in their 70s, say, we must see you. We haven't seen you for 16 years. We long to see, and I realize I've got a mother and father in South Africa. I can go to England. I can go to India. I can go to America. And you know what? I don't have a house but I have about 15 holiday homes in different countries of the world. I can stay at people's houses anytime I want. I'm blessed. I've got a hundredfold more, and I want to say that Christian relationships are something we should celebrate. It is not something to be taken for granted. You know, sometimes we focus so much on the things of this world, have I got my promotion? Have I got my pension sorted out? Have I got my bank balance? Have I got my sporting handicap down? Have I done this and that? And what about my furniture and my house? And we focus on the things of this world 
and we let relationships just kind of happen. And what I'm saying is, let's celebrate, let's foster, let's grow our relationships and let that other stuff just happen. Bit of a challenge for you at the beginning of this year. But how much time do we put into worrying about our work and our, all those worldly things if we put that time into friendships, into relationships, into family meals, into time together, into having celebration together to build our relationships? How much better would our lives be? I don't think anyone at the end of their lives, when they're on their deathbed, says, I wish that I'd made another 10 pounds. I don't think anyone does. But a lot of people say, I wish that I'd restored that relationship. I wish that I'd been closer to that person. I wish that I'd befriended that person. Amen. Relationships are something to celebrate. The other thing is just the different nationalities and diversities. You know, the world, the world has a way of doing relationships. And it goes something like this. It says, let me find people who are like me. Let me find people who are the same age, the same race, the same socioeconomic wealth level, the same interests, the same type. Uh, let, let me find people like me, and then I want them to agree with me on a whole lot of different issues, and I want them to behave like me. And sometimes there's an element of weird manipulation. If they do this and this, then they can be my friend. And if they don't, then they can't. And it's a very defined and closed-minded friendship circle. It's saying, let me see who I can exclude. That's what the world says about friendships. And you may disagree with me, but I want to challenge you. Look around the world's friendship and relationship circles. It's built around similar interests, similarity of people, and doing jobs together because they can benefit me and I can, you know, can, can they give me some business? Can I do something where they give me something? And it's all about give me, give me, give me. That's the world's relationships. Now, there's an element of God's love in that and it works well and people value relationships. But in Christianity, there is something different. You know, a person... We've had several people walk into this church and they are gobsmacked. At our carol service at the end of last year, I had several people say to me, how can so many different people, not just different races and nationalities, but different ages, different wealth levels, different types of people, how can you all get together so well? They were talking about our church and I said hallelujah in my heart. I rejoiced. I celebrated because there is something about the church's relationships that the world just cannot even come close to. I'm friends with some of you that I would never be friends with if we didn't have the same Savior, Jesus Christ. Is that not true? I, I would not be friends with so many different nationalities. In fact, to be honest, I probably wouldn't be living in Jersey if it wasn't for the gospel. And I'm so glad that I now consider myself a, a native of this land. I believe this is my home now. I would not be if it wasn't for Christ. Christ puts us together in places and ways that the world just cannot comprehend and cannot understand. And I rejoice in that. The, the book of Ephesians, he talks about um, that God wants to show his manifold or multicolored or multifaceted wisdom 
to the, the principalities and powers in the heavenly places through the church. And just before that, he's talked about how God has put Jews and Greeks and different types of people in different nationalities. He, it says he took the dividing wall of hostility away and he put us together into one new man. That's what it says in Ephesians 2. He's taken the two and he's made us into one new man. And that is the multifaceted, multicolored manifold wisdom of God that the world and the, the spiritual realm look on and they say, this is amazing. How can these people be so unified? How can they get together like this? You know, we had a Nations Day last year. It was actually nearly, was it February last year? It was nearly a year ago. Uh, where we got together, we sang songs in different languages from all the different languages in our church, and then we had food after the service from all the different nationalities. Can you remember that? Yeah. It was awesome. I didn't eat the, the maggots, the worms, the mapani worms. I must be honest, there are some things I'll draw the line on. I'll do a lot for Christ, but I will not eat a maggot. <laughs> but I ate a lot of the other stuff, and it was awesome. But, you know, it was just so wonderful to get together with different types of people. And we celebrate that. We celebrate. It's not something that just happens. It's not just a byproduct. It's just not just an afterthought. We celebrate. We want it. We, we look for it. We intentionally say, let's have relationships with all these different people. Amen? There's this word called homothumadon in Greek, which is translated one accord in the Bible. I'm just going to read you a few verses. Then they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Uh, that's Acts 1 verse 14. And then just after that, Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. It's talking about this unity. Homothumadon. Homo means the same or together, and thumadon means rushing along together. So it says when they were in one accord, they were like a, a, an army running along together. They were in one accord. There were relationships. There was unity. And it says then God poured out His Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, it says they raised their voices with one accord. And just after that, it says the place where they prayed uh, was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. One accord, one accord, one accord. Um, Acts chapter 5, and through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. So there's this result of our relationships where God pours out His blessing. The, the other lovely passage is Acts chapter 2, and they continued steadfastly, or they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, to prayer, uh, all who believed were together. They had all things in common. They continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness, simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Friends, for 2017, this is my vision. This is my dream and my excitement for this year is that we're going to celebrate our relationships and they're going to grow closer. I'm going to get to know some of you. I, I'm quite sad to say that there's been a lot of people who've joined our church in the last year that I don't actually know you yet. And I want to. 
I want to get to know you. We want to start having lunches regularly, maybe once every two months or once every month, where everybody who's new in the church, we just get together for a lunch with the elders and the life group leaders, and we get to know one another. So that it's not just Sunday, you come in and you leave. It's not just a, a, a group where you come and you sing a few songs and then you rush out. We actually build relationships. And I believe that as these relationships get closer, as we build relationships with new people, even though we've got a circle of friends, we say, what about that person I haven't met or I haven't spoken to? And we start to reach out. What happens is with one accord, we rush along together, we get closer to one another, we celebrate our diversity and we build these relationships. And what happens is God starts to pour out more of His Spirit. God adds to our church daily those who are being saved. The place is shaken and we're filled with the Spirit. God does signs and wonders. Why? Because God blesses the unity and especially the diverse unity that is in the church. Are you excited about that? Is that something worth celebrating? I believe it is. I really do. Right, so how do we do this? Well, let me just say the things that unite us. We have the same Savior. I am not friends with you because you are like me or because we have the same interests. I, I love you as a brother or sister because you and I have both been saved. We were drowning. The Titanic sank and we were drowning and we were going to die in the icy water and Jesus rescued both of us, and because we've been through that same rescue experience, you are closer to me than even my earthly family. We are saved together. We have the same Father. We both call God Father, and therefore you are my brother or sister, even if you are so different from me that the world would never put us together. We have the same Holy Spirit and churning energy within us, the Spirit who motivates us and makes us want to do things for the Lord. You and I have that same Spirit in us, and because of that, we are the same. We have the same motivating force. We have the same Word of God that we look to for our values and for our meaning in life. The guidance. And so even though we may not agree on everything and we don't have to agree, we both look to the same source. We have the same mission and goals. We're united in saying God has given us the great commission. Go into all the world and make disciples. And because of that, we're united in focused on something else, not on ourselves. You see, the world says focus on yourself, look at who you are, and then find people who are similar to you. The church and God says, look at my mission, and you'll find there's a whole lot of people looking and walking in the same direction as you. And then lastly, we are committed to one another and to His family. The Bible says, do not forsake meeting together. There's a commitment. There's something where you say, I'm putting it in my calendar, in my diary. I am committed to go to church, to go to life group, to meet with my friends, my brothers and sisters. I'm committed to this relationship. That verse that I read in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, in the ESV Bible, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. They devoted themselves to us. Not a building, not a denomination, not a name, to each other. We devote ourselves to each other. And because of that, we are united as a family. Can you see why the church family is something amazing and something to be celebrated? So, how are we going to do this? Acts chapter 4, verse 3, in the NIV says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. What are we going to do? 
Number one, we're going to make an effort to step out of our comfort zone and our self-sameness zone. We're going to step out. We're going to look around and say, there's somebody I don't know. There's somebody different to me. There's somebody who could be coming in. I've got a nice little life group. I've got a nice little family of friends. But what about them who are not in yet? Let me reach out. So Christians, we're going to step out and we're going to look out. Number two, we're going to be real and authentic. I, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been in church meetings where people are putting on an act and eventually I just got sick of it and I just said, I want to be in a church where people are real and authentic. And I'm so grateful for our church because we are real and authentic. I, I just love it. I had a guy come up to me a year and a half ago. It was his first time in church. And he said, I really want to know more about God. But there were five really bad swear words in that sentence. And I was so glad that he felt he could say that to me in our church. He didn't have to act all holier than thou. He didn't have to pretend to be, oh, I'm so holy, I'm so good. He could just be himself. We need to be real and authentic. Number three, we're going to do practical things like eating together. You know, when you eat a meal with someone, you get to know that person and you become friends. It doesn't matter how different you are. You eat a meal with someone, you're friends with someone. And I encourage us to eat meals together. We do life groups together. Life groups meet in people's homes in the middle of the week. There's, on the back table, there's details of life groups. Get involved in a life group. Even if you can't go every week, just go a little bit. Um, number four, we're going to speak the truth in love. You know, it says make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. There are times, Jesus said in Matthew 18, things that cause offense will come. In a church, you will get offended because I'm not perfect, he's not perfect, she's not perfect, they're not perfect. There will be things that annoy us, but the Bible gives us a way of dealing with that. It says speak the truth in love. If your brother sins against you, go to him humbly and say, I think this has gone wrong. What's going on? Just the two of you. You don't talk about everything to everybody. And you work it out in humility. You call in people if you need help, but there's a way of dealing with it rather than just throwing up our hands and running away and saying, I'm going to find another church. We deal with the issues. Amen. And then lastly, we just give grace. You know, I spoke in our series about Ruth how there's two ways of relating to one another. There's a way that's based on rules and duties and rights and obligations, where you say, you have a duty to relate to me in this way, and I have the right to be treated like this, and you must do your duty, and I'm going to protect my rights. That's the one way of relating, where it's all about rules and obligations, and what happens is if you relate like that, you become business-like, you close up, and you never have intimacy. The other way of relating is about grace and love, where you say, I'm going to make the first move. I'm going to forgive even when they don't say sorry. I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give grace and love, give a bit more, and it becomes like a lubricating oil that makes the machine work when we use grace. And you find when you give grace, sometimes people are a little bit standoffish at first. It may take them several weeks or months to realize actually you're genuine. But then they give grace back and grace starts to flow. We give kindness. We give forgiveness. We overlook. We give the benefit of the doubt. And you'll find that our relationships grow so, so much better.
Lastly, Luke 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. This is talking about all things, not just money. And I'm going to apply it to friendship. He says, give and it will be given to you. You remember that other verse, Proverbs 18, says, He who has friends must himself be friendly. I'm going to say to you, do you want relationships? Do you want to celebrate relationships? Give friendship. Give kindness. Give time. Give love. Give a smile. And it will be given to you. But then listen to this. In God's economy, you don't just get back the same as you gave, or you don't get back less. You get back more. Give and it will be given to you. This is what will be given back to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together, running over will be poured into your bosom. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. But your measure and God's measure are not the same thing. You give with your whole heart, God gives with his whole heart. No one who has given up brothers, fathers, mothers, sisters, lands, houses in this life for the gospel, you will not be given a hundredfold more in this life. I promise you, if you give friendship, if you give for the gospel, you will get a hundredfold return. And I can testify to that. So I'm going to ask us to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this new year, Lord. Thank you that you crown this year with goodness, your word says, Psalm 65, 11. You crown this year with goodness, Lord. You were already crowned this year. And your paths are dripping with abundance. Lord God, we want to celebrate. We want to put the big rocks in place in our lives so that the rest of the year falls into place. We want to celebrate and focus on what is good. And we want to celebrate our Christian friendships and relationships and our family relationships. And so, Lord, I want to commit myself now. Lord, I commit my heart to seek after, to celebrate, to enjoy, and to make a purposeful pursuit of relationships this year. Lord, I'm going I'm to give grace. I'm going to give kindness. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to go the extra mile. Lord, I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to step out. Lord, I'm going to do what your word says I must do. And I thank you that you pour back into our laps so much goodness, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.